the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for tuning in today. In the beginning, God gave us the perfect prescription for a well-balanced marriage. Then came Satan, and the rest, as they say, is history. Be encouraged. God's word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. God has always done his part. We need to get back to doing our part. Listen with Bible, pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us. We want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 13, which is our text. We won't be preaching every single verse in the passage for the sake of time, but we want you to focus in on verses 4 through 8a of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. The Word of God says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, nor does it seek its own, is not provoked, think no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believe all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. We'll stop right there for now. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach nurturing a Christ-centered marriage through love. Nurturing a Christ-centered marriage through love. For believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, love is not an option. That's right. It's not an option. God requires us to love. You say, how do you know that? Because of what 1 John 4, 11 says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's powerful. We are commanded by almighty God to love one another as God first loved us. Uh, he sent his one and only son to die on the cross in our place to save us from our sins. The scripture also says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. That's that word love again. And we're not talking about a fuzzy dubby love. We're not talking about an erotic love, a brotherly love. We're talking about an agape, selfless, sacrificial love. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What is that saying? Even in our estranged condition, in our wretched condition, in our sinful state, wow, God loved us. God loved us. 
Love is a divine attribute of Almighty God and is the complete embodiment of his character. Just as the Holy Spirit moved Paul to challenge the Corinthian church to love one another, so must we, the church today, love one another. So many churches fall short in this area, and that's why there's fighting and bickering and people looking at each other cross-eyed because of an inability to love. I got a few series of questions to make you think about love. What is a choir or a song without love? What is having and using your spiritual gifts without love? What is having sound biblical doctrine? Oh, you know the mighty doctrines of the faith, the doctrine of anthropology, Christology, angelology, demonology, soteriology, ecclesiologies, and all the other doctrinal ologies. But what does it profit you to have all of the doctrine and know it soundly, but have no love? What is worshiping and serving Christ without love? Finally, what is a marriage without love? You see, my friend, it is possible for us to do all of these things in the name of Christ, but be nothing more than sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Marriage is a sacred institution created by God himself. It was created before there was a government. Marriage was created before there were schools of learning. Marriage was created before the military was created. Marriage was created before civilization as we know it. Marriage and family was and is valuable to God, which means we should value and make it priority to us as well. Now, let me share some things with you. Satan is making an all-out attempt to assault and attack marriages, which is a precious institution from God himself. And Satan has been real successful in his attempt to redefine marriage and family through government and judicial rulings. Satan has been successfully redefining marriage through the entertainment industry. You see it right before our eyes, all of the heinous things in an attempt to get away from what God has established. We see it even in the educational system where kindergarten and first grade children learning things that are antithetical to what the scripture says marriage really is. We can see the shift of the definition of marriage in our culture at at large, taking marriage from its original biblical design which grieves the heart of God and should break our heart as well. Beloved, if you proceed into a marriage not knowing the truth about it, then you will be more inclined to believe the many lies that are swirling around in this world system as it relates to marriage. And, and, and Satan wants you to buy into this demonic, no good attempt to shift the culture away from biblical marriage so that you will ultimately be deceived, so that you will ultimately be 
destroyed. My friend, a strong marriage is the foundation of a strong family. When that husband and wife is strong, the children falls in line. A strong family makes for a strong church because the church is made up of what? Families. A strong family makes for a strong city. A strong family makes for a strong state. A strong family makes for a strong nation. In other words, if the family crumbles, these institutions will crumble as well. To keep the marriage and family strong, to keep marriage and the family vibrant and flourishing, we must make nurturing our marriages and cultivating our families through love priority. In this particular chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul gives the church at Corinth spiritual principles for nurturing loving relationships in the church. But it didn't just stop in the church. We could take these principles and uh, apply them to our families and with those we interact daily with on our jobs, neighborhoods, and wherever people are. Now, all that was in an introduction. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What is required to nurture a Christ-centered marriage? How many of you want to have a Christ-centered marriage for those of you who are married? Let me see your hands. How many of you want to see your marriage go up to another level? How many of you don't want to just have a humdrum, mediocre, so-so, below average marriage? You just dragging along, lifeless, dry. How many of you want some spiritual pizzazz in your marriage? It's not just going to happen. You have to be proactive by implementing uh, biblical principles, spiritual principles that's really outlined here in the text in order to give our marriage a spiritual boost that it needs. So what is required to nurture a Christ-centered marriage? Number one, Christ must be the foundation of our marriage uh, because without him as the bedrock of the family, Christ must be the bedrock, the foundation. If Christ is not the bedrock, the foundation of the marriage, uh, of the family, it is destined for failure. You need to take every one of these principles and write them down. If the doctor, uh, medical doctor gave you a prescription, you, you, you would take it and you would take it to a pharmacist and you would have it filled. Don't just sit here like you got it all together. Truth is worth documenting. Because marriage is a covenant relationship with God, every effort is to be made to preserve it for as long as we both shall live. As Pastor Rander is showing us in today's message, we must do our share to energize our marriage. Think well of each other. Prayerfully leave it to God to change what needs to be changed in our spouse. Be selfless, not selfish. Be humble toward each other. Forgive each other. Be determined to have a Christ-centered marriage and be filled with the Holy Spirit in all things. If you're in college studying for an exam, you would be gathering the data, securing it, preparing yourself for that exam. And so must we do with the word of the living God. Christ must be the bedrock of the family. 
Let me give you a scripture on that. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 2 through 4, it says, And he, God, said, The Lord is the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Let me tell you something. You have enemies that want to destroy your marriage. God must be the foundation. The scripture says, God is my rock. The Lord is my rock. And your your marriage must be built on God, who is the rock, the rock bed. God must be the foundation of our marriages because he is our rock. God is our fortress. He is our deliverer. Your marriage must be built on the strength of the Lord, the shield of the Lord, the stronghold of the Lord, as said in the scripture. As we trust, depend and call upon him in all situations and circumstances of our marriages, Satan cannot steal your marriage when it's on the rock of Jesus Christ. He cannot kill your marriage and he will not destroy what God has joined together. You have to fight for your marriage in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you must use what God has given you to fight with the word of God, prayer, the scriptures. Number two, if you want a Christ-centered marriage, you must realize this. Being truthful is absolutely essential between husbands and wives. Now, you got to be truthful to one another because without it, there will be deception. If there's no truth. One of you will be a hypocrite. There will be hypocrisy. Without the truth, there will be dishonesty. Without the truth, there will be suspicion. Without the truth in your marriage, there will be a lack of trust. All of which causes instability and disunity in holy matrimony. That's right. True. You got to tell the truth. You got to speak the truth. You have to love the truth. If you want to dispel suspicion and all of these things, 1 Corinthians 6a says, 13, 6a says in the text, love does not rejoice in iniquity. Right in your marriage, right in the family, right in the church. In other words, love does not delight in injustice. It does not delight in unrighteousness. Real love does not enjoy evil and pornography and gossip, and hate, and prejudice. Real love doesn't, doesn't go this way. It, it, it doesn't love sin, doesn't love gambling, doesn't love evil. That's right. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. You know what, it, what this means? Love does not rejoice in iniquity. This is to take pleasure, to gloat, or even express satisfaction at the downfall and failures of others. For example, if you are constantly saying to your spouse, I told you so, are you washing his or her face uh, for the mistakes they've made, their failures, you keep bringing it up from 15 years ago, constantly reminding them, I'm right and you're wrong. Are you rejoicing in iniquity? Hmm. Are you guilty of rejoicing in iniquity? 
my friends. There are some who have divorced and you have an ex-spouse and all of a sudden that ex-spouse who wronged you uh, has cancer. Good, die. Wait a minute. You may have been betrayed you, but you ought not wish cancer on your worst enemy. Die so can I can so I can get the insurance. Die so I can get the benefits. Yeah. I got the children. I'm not gonna let him have them. Even though it's his time, I'm mad. I'm gonna shut the door in his face. Forget what the courts say. Love does not rejoice in when you do evil for evil, love does not rejoice in evil. Trying to get back, it doesn't rejoice. You're playing in the, dev- the devil's hand. This grieves the Holy Spirit and breaks the heart of God. But rather, 1 Corinthians 13, 6b, is in the text says, love rejoices in the truth. Wow. Love rejoices in the what? Truth. Romans 12, 9 also says, let love be without hypocrisy. It, uh, it also said ab- abhor. You know what ab- abhor means? Hate. Hate what is evil. Cling to that which is good. If it's evil in your marriage, be a united front to fight against that evil and cast it out in the name of Jesus. To rejoice in the truth. What does, what does that mean? It, it means to promote the truth. To rejoice in the truth is to live by the truth. To, to rejoice in the truth is to stand on the truth. To speak the truth in love and not compromise on the truth, husbands and wives and children. Beloved, truth is the foundation of marriage. If you don't have truth in the marriage, you don't have a marriage. And and when truth is violated, it has to be earned. How do you earn your reputation and your character back? You earn it back through consistency, being honest, being committed, a renewal of commitment within the context of that, that relationship. In other words, let me give you this. Trust in a marriage is built on truth. That's right. You want to build trust? Tell the truth. My wife asked me where I am. I'm not going to say I'm one place when I'm in another. That's lying. She said, where am I? I'm going to tell her exactly where I am. I never tell her none of her business. Her, her business is my business. My business is her business. That's right. Tell the truth. What you do with the money? Tell the truth. That's right. Tell the truth. If you're working overtime, make sure you're working overtime and not somewhere else. Tell the truth. Don't tell your child, uh, tell them I'm not here. You're teaching your child a lie. Tell the truth. Trust in a marriage is built on what? Truth. To be truthful is to be honest. To be truthful is to be sincere. You know, some people can lie so long that they can just, ooh, they they look like they're telling the truth, but they're the biggest liar on this side of the Mississippi. Even when I'm playing with my children, my grandchildren, and the staff, sometimes I want to crack a joke and uh, and. <laughs> My face, give it away. You know what? They say, Daddy, you can't tell us a lie if you try. Your face, you just not used to lying. Even when I'm trying to lie playfully, I give myself away. But some of y'all lie. Y'all, some of y'all are smooth liars. You, now, you are devilish when you are a smooth liar. I mean, you sit in your face and you look like you're the real thing, but you just lie. 
And when you tell a lie, you got to cover that lie and you got to cover that lie. You got to have a good memory when you lie because you got to be consistent. And then you start slipping because you get your lies mixed up. Tell the truth one time. And 10 years later, you're telling the same truth. Oh, I'm not hardly through. Y'all better come back next week. Trust in a marriage is built on truth. To rejoice in the truth is to be honest, to be sincere. It is not to lie. It is not to have ill motives and hidden agendas in your marriage. You ought to be real. Don't be deceptive with your spouse. What your spouse see is what he or she gets. It's enough lying on television. It's enough lying in politics. I'm so tired of debates. I don't know what to do. What else can they say? Love does not have ill motives or hidden agendas. First John three eighteen says, my little children, this statesman, the beloved John, who's in the senior waning days of his life, says, my little children. You say, why does he say my little children? Because he's speaking to the congregation at large as a spiritual father. So he says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in what? Truth. Only the truth will set you free. Let's let's look at the third thing. The third uh, thing that will nurture and and build a Christ-centered marriage. Number three, if marriages are going to withstand the test of time and go the distant, then we must be mindful that 1 Corinthians 13, 7b says, love endures all things. You think marriage is easy. You got another thing coming. It's nothing easy about being married. Yeah, nothing easy about being married. If your marriage is going to withstand the test of time, there will be tests in your marriage. There will be trials in your marriage. If your marriage is going to go the distance, then you must realize that 1 Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 13, 7b comes into play by saying, it says, love endures all things. All things, all things. All things is a lot of things. I'm going to call off a little of the list, but it's not comprehensive at all. Your love for God and each other are crucial if you're going to endure through trials and challenges. Listen at me, if you will. True, agape, selfless, sacrificial love is not based on your husband or wife's performance. You're going to get let down every time. They may be performing for you before you marry to impress you. But all that performance is going to go out the window once you say I do. Okay, your marriage cannot be on the expectations you have for your spouse. I want them this size. I want them to be able to to put all in the car, to take out the trash, to wash the dishes. That's right. Fill the gas tank up. Oh, no, y'all grunting all of that. Stop putting expectations on your spouse. If you're waiting, it's not based on fulfillment. You want your spouse to fulfill you. He he or she will let you down because they're not perfect. They're prone to error. And even at their best, they're going to blow it. You're two imperfect people coming together in the union of holy matrimony, and you're not going to always get it right. Okay. 
You're going to blow it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to put your foot in your mouth and you're going to ask, why did I have to say that? Why didn't I keep my big mouth shut? A Christ-centered love endures through marital conflicts. How many of you have had conflicts in your marriage? Just raise your hand. You may tell me you've been married 30 years, not one fight. Some of y'all don't know how to fight. You're killing each other. And we're living in a military town. And I, I told this, I never forget, there was a couple way back in the other building. My office was so small back then. And uh, they were having marital difficulties. And I was in that little office. And my office didn't have a window. And all of a sudden, the wife found out something that the husband said that she didn't know. And she towed into him. And she jumped him. She pushed him, threw off the ring, threw it at him. And she jumped in my little self. I was smaller than this. And I was trying to get myself between two people who were in the military that were trained to fight. <laughs> now, you know, when you get two people that's been trained to fight, and I don't know nothing about fighting, I was a peacemaker when I was growing up. It was a war zone. I took the ring and put it in my my drawer, and I said, Lord, you've made me into a referee. Some of y'all killing up each other. That's not agape love. Marital conflicts. Uh, Love endures hurt. Your spouse will hurt you intentionally and a lot of times unintentionally. Afforded goals. Your husband or your wife told you, no, you shouldn't do this. And they said, don't buy this. You said, we need to buy it. And they win. And you, you mad. Afforded goals. Financial struggles. More divorces happen over financial issues. Health issues. Conflict with in-laws. They all in your business. Won't let you breathe. The wife keep going home to mama. Daddy's still holding on to the apron string. Rebellious children in the marriage, separation due to job commitments. That happens a lot in a military town such as we live in. When one goes to Germany or goes to a place where the family can't go. God's design for marriage is lasting. If we take an honest look around us, we can see that marriage based on God's word are based on love and commitment and will stand no matter what. The strongest legacies are established for generations to come. Praying and trusting God to bless us with a spouse designed just for us will last a lifetime. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.